What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Coming off a victory back in the win column. We'll talk about this game. We told you guys we will usually combine episodes, but since there's a little bit of a gap now before our next games, which we'll get into, and we'll have a preview of the whole SoCal Challenge with all the, all the teams we could potentially play, along with recapping it at the end, you know, sometime next week after it is over. Gosh, we talk about the times in some of those games is crazy. But like I said, we'll, we'll dive into that. We'll probably do one on Sunday, previewing the SoCal Challenge. We will talk about the Tennessee State victory that was last night. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, it was a game, and I'll be honest, I know that when we'll dive into it, Tennessee State was picked second in OVC, you know, watching USIA fight with Notre Dame the other night, you know, giving themselves a chance and knowing that, they're going to be good this year, and they can't play for anything. We've talked about it, but I think they can beat it. And Tennessee State's got some nice players, and we'll talk about how our offense was off on this game, but our defense showed up. But I think a lot of it was Tennessee State not playing well. They didn't really impress me a whole lot. We'll see how their OBC season ends up. But there's definitely a game we were supposed to win, and we did, even though it was ugly. What's going on? Yes, very ugly, very poor shooting by both teams. We're just lucky. Um, like you said, our defense showed up and was able to shut down um, a very, very good scoring team. They're coming in averaging 80, 80-something 80 points, and we held them um, to about half that. So very impressive defensively, um, very connected defensively, um, very impressed by our defense. But last three games, our shooting numbers just keep going down. So I don't know. Uh, there's no excuse of too quick of a turnaround, tired legs, shooting bad now because you had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. I know you practice, but the shooting numbers, I mean, a lot of Lance's problems is the shot selections. I mean, one of seven from three. Um, we'll dive into it, but small crowd last night. I think it was like 3,700 was the number. So um, 3,700 people watched a very, very poor shooting night. I mean, it was unbelievable. There were stretches of turnovers where it was just constant. We've seen videos on social media of people saying, I love this sport, or this is basketball to a T, and it's just turnovers galore, like five straight possessions by both teams, giving it right back, and we had a stint in that in this game. You mentioned it, yeah, it was very cold. crowd wasn't great. Student section showed out. They did the whole shooting the ribbons thing after we scored again, which I honestly would have only liked to see that at the start of the year, but hopefully not every home game. And we'll get into it. This is the, first, this is the last home game. For a little bit, but you mentioned, yeah, 40 because it actually has it on here 46% covered of our total capacity of 8,200 in Bantero. Yeah, 3,700 did see it. We were 14 point favorites to start this game. So a big push in this one that didn't hit, depending upon which way you went with that. 133 and a half. Hopefully nobody took that as well. I can see where they did because you mentioned their ability to score, but I remember talking on the preview that. It really didn't play a whole lot of decent talent before this. They did play South Carolina State, who played Kentucky last night, who they were 41-and-a-half, 43-and-a-half point underdogs, and they ended up losing by, I think, 47 or something. But when you play Kentucky, that's going to happen compared to playing Tennessee State, and they won by 19. So I don't think they played a whole lot up until that point, seeing what their scoring was. You know, before we dive into it, we had interviews, and of course – which on our preview, they posted one with Troy literally right after we were done with our preview the other night. And then also they talked to Josh Bone, who we recall, and he went through memory lane a little bit with Rodney 
in pregame about obviously his Saluki career and the current, you know, of Tennessee State at that time. Now let's dive into what Troy had to say. They, you know, and obviously this is talking about it after the fact and seeing him play again, but he talked about how um, him being the five and saying that he didn't care if he started, didn't care if anything, he just wants to win. He he said he'd rather finish games than start them. He doesn't really care. He said he played some five last year, had to bulk up a little bit to play more five this year. And so, no, your your thoughts on that and dive into some stuff Josh Bones said because, as we know, that great year that got halted by Kansas, he would have had a lot to do with that game if he was able to play. He touched on that and obviously his team. He gave he gave one of his players a resemblance of obviously one of his former teammates, which is incredible. I'll let you dive into that because outside of these interviews in this crappy game, the biggest news of all will come out with at some point here, which we'll dive into most, but dive into what you thought of Troy or the, those couple interviews. Yeah, definitely Troy. I mean, happened to get stronger, obviously having to play at five a little bit last year. Um, knowing that there was a chance that he could probably didn't, Obviously, expect to start this year. Had a good, good off season. Got stronger. Worked on his shot to be able to become a knockdown shooter. Um, he said, but yeah, obviously, once the finish games, and that's probably. I mean, last year down the stretch, he was in that lineup. We went small. Um, with injuries, he's probably got he got got a chance to start, and he started. So he's worked on his game a lot. Um, he's playing pretty good right now. Um, doing the dirty work for us on the inside, having to guard some bigs. Um, but yeah, then Josh, then Josh Bone. Uh, very, a lot of people probably forget him as a Saluki. Obviously, he spent a couple of years here, then went on and transferred back to his home state and played for the University of Tennessee. But um, really impre- impressive player. Um, we should have won that Kansas game either way. But if he plays, he does help us in that scoring there. Um, losing that small game, but um, yeah, he said he did. He did compare Junior Clay. He said he was a little bit of a Jamal Tatum type player. Um, so Junior Clay really can score the ball. So um, didn't see a lot of it last night, but I can see where he's coming from in that. So two pretty good interviews. Yeah, very high praise for Junior, and he's had a heck of a career before he came here. And you're right with his game yesterday. He had quiet at times, but like I said, not a whole lot of anything else going on. And you're right, because Rodney mentioned how he was shooting 40% from three that year as a freshman and playing. And if he does play, because he had the whole story of Tony Boyle in a in a practice or a warm-up, whatever, you know, diving, you know, obviously back then and how we want to be now diving on the floor. We did that in this game. Guys were diving for balls, even in practice against your own teammates, big time in practices then. Fell on his his leg, and then obviously he had to miss, he missed that next game because of something in practice. If he plays, we probably do win and move on to the Elite Eight, and who knows after that. So it is crazy to think about. You're right, a lot of people don't. I think people recognize the name but just forget about maybe his play style or him on that team because they remember that Kansas game. They don't really remember the Virginia Tech or Holy Cross game as much when he was – Playing in those games, he just said that that was the best team he's ever played. Um, playing with Jamal, Tony, he mentioned all the guys verbatim. He forgot Wesley at the very end, but just and we know all those players and just the fact that he learned a lot from those guys. And we know he was only here for a short time before he went to Tennessee, back home and did what he did. Had a good career. Now he's on the staff there for a little bit, and it was a good conversation. So if we retweeted those. If you guys didn't get to see him or Troy talk, 
that's on our feed. Go check that out. So, you know, let's, let's dive into, like we said, the biggest news of all we'll get to. Let's talk about how this game started. <laughs> Excuse me, started. A lot of Lance's start, you mentioned how, yeah, I think that is the biggest knock on him this year is his um, uh, shot selection without a doubt. He had a lot of that in this game as well. But he had a 5-0 start to start this game. No, we know a Dung McCoy who had moments in this game really just defensively fouled him a lot, didn't make a whole lot of free throws. Uh, and just over time seeing how it would have been nice to maybe develop him if we were to land him a couple years ago. He kind of looked like maybe it was okay that we missed out on him. We know he's bounced around from programs. Uh, just we mentioned him, Zion Griffin, other guys that played in the skin that we were in on. But he was in after Lance had his uh, – I mean, we were off to a 7-0 run, Noah, 10-3 at one point. So we were actually pulling away, had a lot of guys. We looked actually fine, in, you know, offensively. There were some early fouls, some touchy fouls. Refs weren't great in this game. Uh, but then they got going, Noah, and they were able to get it close at times to a uh, – you know, before the half – and we were sitting in pretty good seats, kind of we were able to sit pretty much wherever we wanted. But we'll dive into some of this half, and obviously I'll let you go ahead and jump into the biggest part of this entire game and moving forward that happened in this first half, mainly because of um, you know Clarence getting in foul trouble again and stuff. So I think a lot of the team looked okay at times. Offensively was terrible. We mentioned the defense was great, but that was a lot of just Tennessee State throwing up bad shots at times. Dive into some of this half and then into that huge news that happened around halfway. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, offensively, in the first half, we weren't bad. Um, shot around, I think, just below 50% in the first half in the field. It's really the second half where it came very hard to watch at some times. Still not shooting the three ball well um, in this first half. We had moments. Um, did get to see early on in that first run, Trent Brown, Got to see him do something we've never seen him do. He he got by a guy and got a layup. Don't get to see that yeah. a lot. Um, but, yeah, I think with about six minutes left in the half because of Clarence picking up touchy fouls, battling the post, um, he's doing that a lot, even though the refs were calling some touchy stuff. Dalton Banks eventually fouled out in this game. He got some touchy fouls on the on guarding the wings. But Cade Hornecker, guy we thought automatic red shirt at this point, didn't play the first couple of years couple games, but um, he gets in this one and he made an impact right away. Yeah, and we were very surprised. We were just sitting there, sitting next to other Saluki fans that we know, and all of a sudden you say, Cade, and we look up and we're all in shock. I mean, I couldn't even get words out, really, of thinking about what we thought in the moment of if we liked it or not, because it's like, yeah, and it all ties into because we thought for this game we could see J.D., and we know they posted beforehand that wasn't the case. We saw Scotty in a sling with a huge club on his hand, on his right hand, of course. It's his dominant hand. Uh, thinking how it's already been a week now since we found out about that. So, you know, that's a week down, and if we're tallying up when we could see Scotty next. But, no, we also heard Brian talk about how we were going to maybe see J.D. in this game in a week. That's what he said to Harry, you know, earlier this week or whenever it was about it and stuff. And, that we would see him, and I, I, I want to say it, and Cade talked after the game, and he kind of, uh, you know, I feel like you don't make a move like this unless you know J.D. isn't going to be back soon, which we thought was going to be be the case. Because, no, honestly, with Troy being the five and the starter, and you got Clarence, who Clarence, you mentioned, yeah, touchy fouls, 
some of them are whatever. Like I said, he was found a dung and it made sense. A dung's not a good free throw shooter, but I guess they know that's going to happen a lot with Clarence. And, you know, Troy is not the typical five, but he plays it. And then with no JD, and no, we've said how many times that we think Cade can play in these games. And I, I said he talked after the game, and he did that. Brian came and talked to him and said that he's, he was going to get in the game. That how many times red shirt was brought to Brian or to Cade thinking how, you know, they were going to adjust like the first month of the year and kind of, you know, feel it out a little bit until the time came. And it came against a good opponent, I think. You know, the atmosphere at USI, maybe you wouldn't want to do it then. Or obviously Oklahoma State. but. No, like I said, definitely a shock. And as soon as he checked in, not only did we see it and we're kind of like hit or miss on what we were thinking because we were speechless, the crowd was amped up. And obviously, as soon as, you know, he was he was in, he was, you know, trying to block shots. He was taking up a lot of space. And no, I think I keep saying your name a lot. Sorry. I'll let, I'll let you talk in a second. I'm amped up on the fact of what this could be potentially in the moment. And he was talking a lot on screens, people were saying, and that, you know, for a freshman, that's huge. Marcus was talking about that a lot. And he scored at the rim, Noah. He was he, – he had really good moments, and we were thinking in the first half, once he once he clocked out however many minutes, that we weren't going to see him again. If that burned the red shirt, then it is what it is. Then, obviously, that would have been awful. But, Noah, we're thinking he's going to play a lot. And Brian alluded to that, that he can help this team. And he seemed like he, he's going to be a fan favorite along the way, Noah original thoughts in the moment was we didn't like it. Like I said, we were shocked, but look, moving forward, it only makes sense because he did not play bad at really at all. Yeah, there were, I think there was no question that we knew his talent and a lot of SIU fans knew his talent that he could come in and make an impact on this team right away. It was just a log game of three bigs that are, are good, good enough to play for us in front of him, obviously with some injuries, um, I thought you could have seen him. Obviously, the Little Rock game, that's obviously another game he should have got in if he was going to have a chance to play this year. But I guess with maybe J.D. had a setback so he could be out longer, we don't know. Maybe that's why Brian told Kay that he's going to get to go ahead and play. Um, but, yeah, he only he got to play f- about five minutes in the first half. Um, barely got to play in the second half. I think in this game – with this matchup, you should have unleashed him and played him some more in that second half. Um, but yeah, it was it was great to see him come in there. The way he was communicating on communicating on defense, on ball screens, really helping this team out right away, making that impact. Coming in there, getting his first bucket. He was plus six and his plus minus um, in the first half. Um, rebounding, altering shots. I mean, it's it's really it was really good to see. Um, obviously wasn't sure about it in the first in the first place when he checked in. Uh, not because we didn't think he could make an impact, but I just didn't see at this point why is this game the game, like I said, maybe JD has had a setback and we won't see him for a while. Um, and obviously probably get Cade maybe ready for a little bit minutes next week because I don't see you throwing in JD in games against UNLV and potentially Minnesota randomly in his first game of the year. So maybe to get Cade some minutes um, right away. And it was great to see him come in there and make an impact right away, knock down some free throws in that second half. Um, Really excited for his future. Obviously knew we had to get his body right, but Brian said he's had a last week and a half, two weeks of practice. Um, Obviously probably 
told the coaches what what they needed to know and can't it's gonna be hard to keep a guy off that on the floor, especially if Clarence is gonna um get in foul trouble a lot with touchy fouls and not be able to um alter shots without fouling, but excited to see him. Uh, hopefully I know we only ended up playing seven minutes in this one, but hopefully he gets more minutes along the way because I hate to burn this guy's red shirt with this kind of talent. You could have gotten the extra year of eligibility out, red shirting him. Hopefully we unleash him and let him play some more minutes. You know, I think it's, it's rightfully so that we still have this kind of hit or miss like opinion on it for that reason. And, Again, I said it before, and you touched on it again, that I think with the big situation, if if Scotty doesn't get hurt, we don't see Kate at all. Because who knows how all these other games play. If Scotty plays, who knows if we even beat Oklahoma State? Who knows how much he plays in USI? And that game is still the case. We're probably one and, th- or one and two to this point, uh, or whatever our record would be to this point. And, yeah, it just seems like uh, I just think that for sure. he, I think as a seven footer, and we talked about it, it's he can definitely play. And maybe, yeah, you weren't going to throw him into those games. And you mentioned JD, you're not going to throw him in his first games with whatever. And maybe Cade's minutes in this game, you know, with it being his first ever action. And we know just being a seven footer, we know he's got stamina just in terms of like playing him a lot in his first game. You know, it seemed like it would be a great game to definitely do whatever. But we know we'll get into some of the minutes some of the players had of the starters that. And we know Tennessee State was going to be a decent team. We weren't expecting a total crazily bad offensive game. Hoping we can get a little bit of a distance between us, and we did sometimes in this first half, uh, thinking that it would be a yeah, perfect game. We'll get into it because Foster Wonders didn't play in this game. It was a little weird. But, again, the, the final touch on this is the fact that our big situation was Scotty Hurt, Clarence gets in foul trouble, and J.D. not ready yet, with Troy and Troy not being a typical five. It only makes sense. He's seven foot. He's active. If he's talking like that, he's confident. He was clapping galore whenever he first scored, and he's seven foot. I mean, he can he can make a lot of things happen. And Brian was Brian's never gonna not like talk highly on somebody in general in terms of what he could do for the team and his impact. But he was talking highly on Caden. We're thinking thinking obviously that's gonna be the case. And we we tried to iron out the bigs minutes at some points. We know Troy, Clarence, what Scotty's would have been around 10, 11, 12 a game. If K can get around that number as time goes on, because we mentioned the three crappy games we have coming up, but we have some other decent games along with this NTE that hopefully we can see him a little bit. I think those minutes will continue to go up. And you're right, though. When J.D. and Scotty are back, how's it going to play out? Hopefully his minutes don't dwine down and he ends up not playing a lot at, by the end of the year. So it looks like what it is. Um, but definitely thinking we'll be – expecting it a lot or hoping for it a lot that he'd come in and be so good that you can't not sit him no matter what happens. And JD always has seemed like the odd man out another injury. Maybe has made it that way for him once again. So to finish out this half after Cade scored, had some rebounds, had some touchy fouls himself. Uh, but like I said, he was, he was, he was boxing out really good. They talked about that. Brian was asked about how good he was boxing out guys and being able to either get rebounds for himself or for others. And then, Jawan had a good game. He had a nice turnaround little jumper in the paint, and then he and then he made another three. Jawan played good in this game. So we had a nine-point lead at the half. Wasn't as good as what we thought we wanted to be at that point. You went through some of the stats. They had a minus nine. They did. We had a plus nine. I know we were shooting 48% from the field. That's obviously not bad at all. They were shooting 38. We'll get into what they look like at the end of the game. 
you mentioned it. We still can't shoot three of 13 in the, in the, in the first half. And that number of makes ended up being the exact same. Again, we shot really good from the free throw line. And we'll get to that. We shot a lot of those in the second half. What else stuck out to, you know, outside of Cade's impact and whoever else, AJ didn't play a whole lot in the game and definitely in the first half. I mentioned, you know, Dalton outside of his foul troubles played fine. Who else stuck out to you? Xavier played a lot. And, you know, he was fine again offensively in this game. I think I have to look. I don't think so, actually. But X had decent moments. So what else stuck out to you before we jump into the second? Team-wise, too. Yeah, definitely it shows that guard play, uh, maybe obviously it could be matchup depending, but um, that maybe the rotation starting to come together, that AJ only gets three minutes in this um, in this entire game and Foster doesn't even play. Um, but Jawan was big in this first half. Um, he was three or four from the field for seven points. Um, him and Marcus led the way. Obviously, in the shooting, um, when Marcus and Lance combined for two of two of seven from three, that's never good. Marcus still not – I mean, he was three or five from the line, still not making all his free throws. Expected to see that a lot, but he needs to start knocking down all his free throws because – remember his freshman year he was close to that 50 40 90 mark in his percentages um don't think we're going to see that this year two of seven from the field he was struggling hate to see him playing 18 minutes i think he ended up playing 38 minutes in this one um hate seeing that but needed him in the first half not sure you need him a lot in the second half obviously he struggled down the stretch but i thought we got to a big enough lead could have got him some rest exactly and we were talking with other SAU fans, actually, I think the the day we lost in general, knowing that he did okay, I guess. Marcus, Marcus is a great player, an all-time player. You know, he's by far still our best player, and he, we'll go as far as he takes us. But it doesn't seem like he's – like he seems like he's still the same player. You know, he's gotten stronger over his year. You're right, though, like – Fresh into, the, fresh into the conference, fresh into college basketball. He was great. His freshman year was incredible, his shooting and everything. And then as time goes on, he transcends his game. So I guess in terms of like a post presence and getting stronger, he's improved. But he seems like he's still the same kind of player. And it's weird seeing this kind of off-star for him. Yeah, he was one of three – or excuse me, three of five in the first half. And the He's missing free throws like he never does, and he's not making his threes. Exactly. That is – Something that sticks out, we mentioned how at the time when he kept shooting them, he was like 1 of 10 at one point. We know he was 0 for 7 last game. So our, I mean, so far in this game, we were uh, had a really good bench. They had a good bench as well. They had 17. We had 15. Uh, only had three fast break points. So obviously that was either – I think it was either off an and one or it was off of a three. So weren't getting a whole lot off, off of their turnovers that they had, which how many did they have? Eight. We had six. We had – two but yeah in general it was good to see our bench be better than it was last game for sure so going into the second half now I mean Noah just outside of just talking about how sloppy it was I mean they at times you know got it closer before we got it I think what was the 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 closest lead it got to was um not sure it stayed around 11 for a long time got up to 13 and then it remained because Noah it was constant constant Turnovers. There was a stretch here I, I talked about earlier that if I could find it here again, it was literally it was Lance turnover. They they got a steal. He turned it over. Marcus steeled. He turned it over. 
I don't think even that's the stretch. There's multiple stretches where it was just awful. And we weren't able to get anything, weren't shooting well at all. There were at times, I think our, we were better in the paint than we were from the three-point line as well, Noah. Or, but our defense made them force bad shots. You mentioned Kate earlier, made a couple free throws. That's hopefully we can count on him to do that a lot. You mentioned we talked about Lance's shot selection was awful in the second half as well. As soon as we get an offensive rebound or kick it back out because we got a lot of those, he would shoot it immediately and he wouldn't make him. Literally, I don't think he went scoreless for a long time throughout the most of the game. But we're getting still things at the paint. No, no, I mean, Dalton made two sets of free throws near the end. Anything else that stuck out to you in terms of the play-by-play and into how it ended before we talk about it? I mean, it's really outside of sloppiness. Kind of got away with this one. I guess you can pinpoint how good our defense was. I guess that's the only good takeaway. Yeah, defensively, I mean, I thought we did a very good job staying in front of their, some of their guards because um, I think Marcus said it, they're some of the quickest guards in the country. Um, did a very good job. Just really re- well connected on defense. I mean, other than that, that's just really bad second half of basketball that we we had to watch. I mean – that we held them to 20, 20% shooting. They were 6 of 29. They were 0 of 11 from 3. I mean, they were even 5 of 11 from the free throw line. But we were 3 of 18 from the field for 16%, 0 of 8 from 3. Luckily, we're 15 of 16 from the free throw line for 93%. If we can do that, end up 20 of 23 for 87%. If we can shoot that from the line, um, a lot of Saluki fans and the staff will be very happy. But three of 21 from three for us, 14%, like I said. A lot of those, one of seven for Lance, his shot selection just drives me crazy. Trent was 0 for three from three. Jawan, one of four. Marcus, one of three. Just a very bad. I mean, we had 15 second-half turnovers. We had two at first half, and it was 17. Um, Just very sloppy second half. Just luckily, um, our defense and free throw shooting snuck us out of here with a win because um, only winning by 13, you probably should have won this game by more like 30. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, the people who took the spread either which way, one were they were sweating it either which way in terms of just knowing that it Vegas seems like they're always right on stuff like that, but it definitely should have been a lot higher. And I mean, I think it's knowing how bad we were again and how bad we were last. Hopefully it's not a trend. I mean, we didn't shoot well in Oklahoma State either. I think hopefully this trend doesn't remain. I mean, Little Rock was what it was. We were on fire. But the last three games, it's been it's been a struggle to score. I mean, we talked about how we were hoping to score more this year. I think we have better scores. Talk about how X's scoring is going to be hit or miss. You know, I don't know how many points we can expect from Troy. And then Jawan played 26 minutes. He'll be one of the tops in minutes again. He's, I mean, he finished the game at Oklahoma State. He finished a lot of the game in USI. I mean, he's going to be in our closing lineup, it appears. And even at times, you know, his shooting or his – I mentioned on the last pod about he's lost a step. I've said that meaning in terms of, like, athletically because we know his injury, even though he has some nice rebounds he got up pretty high on. And um, I don't know if we expect him to dunk or anything off, like, you know, certain, you know, situations or anything. I do think he still lost a step that way. He didn't show it yesterday. But we can still count on him to score, and his confidence is through the roof still. I just really hope we, – we mentioned how Lance – we're a count on Lance and Marcus offensively again this year. And, you know, with Trent, Trent's not going to score a whole lot. He might go on stretches. He's not going to do – you mentioned earlier, seeing him have a layup is honestly huge. That's honestly very surprising when we 
saw it happen. And everyone else, I mean, AJ doesn't seem like he's going to play a whole lot. It'll be really spotty. And then Dalton, I think, will score. Other than that, it's going to be tough for us to score this year. And hopefully this doesn't remain with we'll get into a UNLV had a huge game that they won recently. And we're thinking how – and we'll talk about their – you know, in the next episode, we'll talk about their Ken Palm and where they are and stuff and what it could mean if we do beat them. But, I mean, I think our defense was good. I just think that they honestly just didn't play well. Like, I wasn't – and Zion Griffin fouled out. He didn't even score. And Junior Clay, we said, had a quiet, like, six points at one point, ended up with 12. And then Deidre Boy from Illinois State had 10. He he played well. Other than that, they didn't do a whole lot. I mean, Marcus was the only one for us in double figures. Just very ugly. But I don't think Tennessee State really showed me anything in terms of how we've seen USI, how we deem other OVC schools and who could potentially be better than them. It's all a wait and see in terms of when those matchups play out. But, yeah, in terms of – you're right. Marcus, 38 minutes, not, not ideal. Xavier, 39. So, Marcus was for the first time in how long now? Marcus didn't lead us in minutes a game. So, Xavier got to show a lot and play better. Yeah, he only had two points. I remember his free throw. But he had eight rebounds, two assists, no steals for him. Uh, I don't think we ended up finishing the game out in terms of anything else. There were some things that happened. But, no, I think in terms of that scoring I mentioned again, and and it's crazy how – you know, Foster Wonders helps with that scoring, and he didn't play. And the fact that K didn't, he did. And I don't know what, like, we mentioned the rotation still murky. I just wonder what could be the reason Foster didn't play. We mentioned how maybe his, just in terms of how it's he redshirted and it's spotty, it's only four games in, but no one with his trajectory could be, if it's here or not, if he's happy. No, that's just weird seeing him not play. And then you see guys like AJ who played really good defense at USI. I don't think we talked about that on the last one. And then – he doesn't get a whole lot of chances in general. We know he wasted the fast break against USI and stuff, but not seeing those guys play a whole lot with the other guys having so much on their plate. Don't wonder it's going to be tough to score because your bodies aren't there enough. You're going to be as deep as you were last year, which obviously is not a good sign. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, not be able to get a guy like Foster who can knock down shots and obviously – I wouldn't say he's a liability on defense. He just he's like Marcus. He just um Yeah, I don't think he is. Yeah, it's just not his cup of tea. I mean, you have guys that I mean, there's guys on this team that um can't really help you offensively. Obviously they play because their defense, AJ not getting any opportunities. Um now Foster not even playing, like I mentioned earlier, it seems like rotations are starting to be set and unless foul trouble or something, A.J. or Foster may not pl- play very much down the stretch here. I thought those two – those are two guys that can give you minutes. It can take away – it can s- stop Marcus from playing 38. Xavier Xavier and Marcus having to play 38 and 39 minutes in this one, just really disappointing against a team like that. Obviously, you say they don't didn't impress you much. I think in the OVC, there's not a lot of teams that's going to guard you like we will. So I think they'll end up right. being fine. But it's just weird not seeing these guys play. I just don't really get it. I mean, I feel like Foster can attribute. I mean, he came in against Oklahoma State, hit a big three. He came in last week, got some open looks. He hit a tough jumper over at USI. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't bad defensively. I think he's fine. I just don't really understand it. Um, then AJ, I, I feel like he can give you more. Obviously, he hit the big. He had a big three before the half at 
Oklahoma State, and he played decently well besides the mishap on the fast break at USI. So not really sure, I guess. I'd hate to I'd hate to see that rotations are shrinking already this early in the year, but I'm not sure really what's going on. It's kind of kind of disappointing not seeing AJ and Foster get the minutes they probably probably deserve at this point of the season. Because um, I'd like to see them get some opportunities get to get in the flow of this offense and this team. Yeah, I know the rotations are just weird. You can't expect Foster who. You know, if we need offense, he's got to be able to be in there. I mean, Trent only plays because he's a great defender. It makes sense, and he's a shooter. We think Foster's a better shooter than Trent is, and he's got more to his offensive game. It's just we know the defense isn't there, but we know Foster, yeah, he's not a terrible defender. We know Brian yelled at him at the USI game for maybe something that wasn't totally his fault. I think Brian has it out for Foster, it seems like at times, but got to play him more, and you got to play AJ more, like I said, to be able to – get the most out of everybody else instead of wearing everybody else down. Because even if we have an okay season and we want to, you know, live up to playing, you know, in the tournament, winning some of those games and our guys aren't worn out because our top three, four guys are so tired because they play so much. You just can't end up doing it like that. We know Foster or Marcus is on that trajectory and X is playing a lot too, but I think X can sustain a lot of that more than Marcus clearly can. And I think of guys like Jawan and his coming off injury and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I mean, you got to do that more. I think 20 of 23 from the free throw line, obviously, is one of the other bright spots of this game. Um, and being able to being able to see Cade, being able to do all that stuff. I mean, you you mentioned Tennessee State, definitely. They're gonna pull they're not they're not, not gonna see a better defensive team than us the rest of the year. So yeah, I think the OBC will allow them to do what they want to do a little bit more. Um, some quick quotes here before I get your final thoughts. Brian said, I really challenge the guys before the game to lock in and focus on the defensive end and not let our offense dictate our defense. Tennessee State has so many explosive and shifty guards that can get downhill. I think if this was one of our best shell defensive games this year. The guys really looked at, look, took the challenge on defense and never let up. And then he said on Cade, Cade has had a lot of great two weeks of practice. Yeah, they run a lot of ball screens, and he was able to help us organize our defense that way. He's gotten better and better, and with, and with J.D. and Scotty out, we feel like Cade can step in and help us there, end quote. So, yeah, I do think now J.D. probably had a little bit of a setback, which he's telling false information to Harry then because we never knew any of that beforehand either. So he's telling the other media about how close he is and that he's telling the guys with us nothing like he's not even close. So it is weird. No final thoughts on this game. Yeah, just a really ugly win. Um, obviously getting a win bouncing back is a big one. Glad we bounced back defensively, um, really improved our defense and fast break defense. I think they only ended up with like two fast break points um, for a team like that. So um, got a big win. Good to see Cade get involved now. Excited for that. But um, rotation, got some question marks for that. So I'd like to – it's going to be interesting to follow along with that, especially next week um, when you got to play two games so late out there. Um, it's even late out there. I know it's midnight here, but it's 10 o'clock out there and then probably follow up with another 10 o'clock game on Wednesday. So uh, keeping guys fresh, see, I'd like to see how rotations go out there. Yeah, and then they can't use any excuse of anything because we'll have however many days that is, three days in between that to get ready. Granted, traveling as well over there. We mentioned how at some point you can have a little bit of jet lag at times, but you know, no excuses going into that place and playing hard and trying to win that dang thing. So, 
looking forward to that. Like I said, we'll cover that on the next one. We'll finish out on some other stuff here. I had some, in terms of takeaways in general, thinking about, it just seems like our chemistry is a little off with how our turnovers are, how we can't get anything going offensively and how the team fits itself. We have good passes, like in, in terms of getting to the rim for guys that I mentioned, our, our passing was been good up until this point all season long. I just think we have a little bit of weird, like personnel, like how they fit so far this year. That's going to take time to get going more. And I think this team will, that was some more of the other takeaways. Now, before we get into Rocco Miller, who follows us, we follow him, big bracketology guy. He talked with Harry on Tuesday. We'll dive into a little bit of that, but go through recently what the Valley has, um, you know, been up to. And there's some of their games has been a lot that's happened. A lot of teams playing in only a short amount of days, some games tonight you can run through that have happened. Let's dive into those. And then I, I was going to mention you about a Ken Palm update. You can find that as well. If you wouldn't care, I, I would assume we didn't move a whole lot depending upon what else happens after that game and what happens tonight, but dive in around the ballot. Yeah, Kim Palm, we actually slid down a little bit. We were at 94. Um, some other teams playing some bit. So starting to fall, obviously, a win over a team like that that's in the close to 200 range is not going to move you very much. So slid a little bit. Slid a little bit. Um, but Wednesday, um, on Wednesday around the Valley, Valpo went to Chicago State and lost 87-74. Valpo was nine and a half point favorite going into that. Valpo, a lot of people thinking Lodich will be gone after this year. I agree with them. I can't see how he's keeping his job because that's a terrible loss. Makes the Valpo or makes the Valley look even bad. Um, we'll see Chicago State later this year. Um, Simo went on the road, got a win at Evansville, sixty-seven, sixty-one. Um, so. Interesting to see Chris Harris, the former Johnny Logan volunteer, led the way with 14 in that one. Then Missouri State went on the road out to BYU, lost by two, 66-64. Really good game. I mean, Chance Moore um, led the way with 18. He's looking pretty good off. I know he's been coming off the bench. He's looking pretty good for the Bears. Impressive. I know they lost, but impressive to battle BYU like that. Um, then last night, Murray, or yesterday, Murray State, Upsets Texas A&M, 88-79. That's a top 25 win for Murray State. Um, that's a big-time win for them. Um, Indiana State hosted North Dakota State, 101-75 win for um, the Sycamores. Um, McCauley led the way with 30. Um, they're looking pretty good. Very, very good offense right there. We know I like the way they played last year, and with adding some guys, they look really good this year. Illinois State. Um, hosted Northwestern State, part of their home-and-home. Home. DeMarcus Sharp scores 23 um, as they split the home-and-home. Home. So 70-67 win for Northwestern State. Um, then today, uh, Drake came back and beat Buffalo 80-72 to down in the Paradise Jam. Um, then also in the Paradise Jam just went final a little bit ago. Belmont falls to 1-3, and three, lost to Tarleton State 89-81. Um, that's an upset in that one. Then UMass beat Murray State earlier, 71-69 in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. So Valley goes one and one and two on the day. Um, some opportunities missed so far this year by Valley teams. Uh, then tomorrow, Middle Tennessee State's at Missouri State. Evansville at SMU. SEMO's at Bradley. UIC at Fordham. Incarnate Word plays Valpo. 
Um, then on Sunday in the Paradise Jam, it'll be Drake and Wyoming. So that'll be a really good game. Wyoming, the tournament team from last year, um, to go along with Drake. So interesting to see what happens to that one. Yeah, and we'll cover the games up to this point of um, <clears throat> yeah tomorrow and Sunday before we preview. <clears throat> yeah, I think well we saw Dan Muller get fired before their season ended. I I can see if Valpo keeps struggling that that could happen with him middle of the season. And, you know, obviously Dan had a lot more bigger ties to Illinois State for them to cut ties with him compared to, you know, and they they had a whatever season. They they were obviously at the bottom, but they weren't, like, atrocious. They still had Antonio Reeves and stuff compared to Valpo, who's got <clears> – <throat> excuse me, that has a couple guys. But I wouldn't put it past them maybe firing them throughout the year. They might give them the rest of the year. But we've seen it before where it hasn't happened. You're right, we do get them. Maybe that's a sign, but Valpo, yeah, isn't very good. Simo Evansville was close for a lot of the way till Simo toughed it out. We knew that was going to be a fun game. Evansville is fun to watch. Missouri State lost with 1.4 seconds left on that. That was a close game. You're right. Chance Moore, talked about him before. He's, he's been one of the leading scorers, and he is coming off the bench. We talked about some of these other guys that came off the bench. And Noah, in this game, a big injury happened. Matthew Lee got hurt. They say a non-contact knee injury. Not sure what his full status is or what happened. We'll get into Bradley had another one as well. Zach Montgomery got hurt, going to be out a couple weeks with an injury. I'll let you dive in more of that. But Matthew Lee going going out for Missouri State is huge because obviously that carries over more into their other games, uh, you know, until they play again. It's going to be tough. He's obviously a starter, knew he, were, he was going to be really good this year. Um, you're right, Murray jumps back, gets that win, and then loses today. They also lost on a on a almost pretty much a buzzer beater, a buzzer beating three when they were up by – one in the final possession. Indiana State's going to be good. Everyone's talking about it. I remember talking about it at the beginning. Just seemed like their personnel and that DePaul transfers lighten it up, and they're killing everybody. And then, yeah, Northwestern State getting that payback on Illinois State on the home-and-home home to finish it out. And then you mentioned some games. My Belmont's falling in a little bit of a hole, and they're losing. They lost to um, Furman, who's really good, but it's in terms of, like, having the favorable, like – mid-major games they haven't been winning a whole lot now that's a three-game losing streak for them and then yeah drake drake was getting scared at one point in this game but then they got it tucker had a good game they're moving on as you said and then the and then the games tomorrow until we play monday we play forever from now it seems like but i mentioned zeke montgomery her for bradley noah some valley teams <clears throat> us included now have been dealing with you know rink with bradley now zeke roman's back but he was dealing with injury we know Scotty's out for us. We know now that Matthew Lee's out. And obviously, and dive into what Zeke's injury was, because it's obviously because they'll all be back, I think, by conference play, but it's unfortunate seeing because we've talked about high, a lot about the Missouri Valley wanting to make some noise in these MTEs, and one of them did so far. Hopefully we can, but that's not a good sign to help the cause for personnel reasons for a lot of the teams. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, obviously Bradley taking a hit, especially one of the top teams um, in the Valley. I mean, he's going to be out three to four weeks. It's expected to be sidelined. Um, it's a, from what I read, it's gonna, it's a broken wrist. So I think he'd probably be out maybe a little bit long. But Ville, Tevin Iron probably going to be um, stepping in that role. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. It's a shame that we need the Valley to be strong, and teams are starting to get hit with injuries. Uh, then I seen Dana Forrest said uh, that 
Uh, they're gonna have once they got back, they were gonna have their have him checked out. Didn't look good. Hopefully, he said um, that it'll end up being as minimal as possible. But non-contact stuff's always dangerous. Then this other Valley news. Um, two hours ago, UIC's Sean Williams um, entered the portal. Um, he hasn't. He didn't appear in a game for UIC yet, but he had entered the portal earlier today. So yeah, some other news going on around and. I, the good thing for Missouri State is, though, that Austin Mason has been playing well for them, I'm pretty sure, lately, so he can fill in for Matthew Lee, and we know they got Trimble, and they got another – they got enough to be able to, and I, I'm not off the top of my head knowing exactly what Matthew Lee has done a whole lot this year. Obviously, he's just – you know, he's got the experience like, like Clarence does for us, you would think, even though Matthew was a lot bigger impact for that St. Peter's team, like, over time – was this year? Matthew Lee's only averaging five a game and hit or miss 31% from the field. So he's not doing a whole lot. Donovan Clay even is off to a great start. But yeah, Anthony Mace or Austin Mason average at 10. So they'll be fine without him, without him, I think. But that is definitely a blow in some of those. Now, no, let's end this because we'll talk about we'll cover the SoCal on Sunday to preview it. Some, some Rocco Miller had it. We mentioned him. He follows us. Big, bra- big bracketology guy who was on with Harry Schrader on his podcast. Um, Talking about us, and they talked about us a lot. They talked about how you go off the huge win that it was, a great win, and then the bad loss, and he was kind of talking about how to make up for that. He'll be at our MTE. He'll be at the SoCal Challenge. He likes us a lot. No, I'm not sure what his ties are to us. Maybe he just looks into the analytics, sees our defense, and likes them. He kind of touched on that, on how good of a defensive team we are. But he also picked us to have some postseason success because we know – we we talked about it. We haven't talked about it, I don't think, on the pod. You can jump into it. Where he had us in his bracketology in terms of making the tournament where we're seated, like I said, he's really, really high on us and picked us to maybe perhaps win our tournament and some other things he talked about. What else did you take from it? Yeah, he was really high on us. I mean, he had Drake um, winning the regular season, he said in that interview, but he did say that he likes us to win win the conference tournaments he says we're he likes the way our roster is built and he thinks we're built for built to win a tournament like that which i don't know how you can say that with our offense yeah, right i don't now. know what he's watching not gonna be watching very much <laughs> but he did have us as a 12 seed to play against san diego state um so that's that's pretty high he's thinking highly of us obviously he probably didn't have us losing the usi um, like we did but i I mean, I wouldn't say we're built to win a tournament like that the way we're scoring right now. But obviously defense, they say in other sports, defense travels. We know if our defense can play um, as good as we know it can, we can win some lower scoring games if we can get what we can out of Marcus and um, hopefully Lance starts taking better shots to help our offense a little bit more. So um, he likes us. He's high on us. Um, he's going to be there. He's going to get to see us in, port, in person. Um, hopefully we can play well for him not to change his mind. But um, if the offense we've seen the last three games show up, uh, I think he'll be changing his mind. And he kind of alluded to that, perhaps saying like, yeah, that wasn't a, a good win, even though they both agree that people are sleeping on USI and they're going to win, you know, be better than a lot of other, than what other people probably deem them to be. So they agreed on that. but. Yeah, I think he – in that one bra- – the bracketology you showed me a while back, he had us as a 12 seed and stuff. So that's 
if I'm thinking, I mean, obviously we were a higher seed back in the day. Just a 12 seed rings a bell a little bit in some things um, that we've been that before. It would be incredible. And you're right. I don't know what he's seen. And he said that before USI. He said that before we've been playing bad. Like he put, said that before or right around the Oklahoma State game, probably beforehand. They, this was all like preseason stuff, that 12 seed stuff he was talking about. So he saw it in us. And you're right. Defense travels knowing that we were a great defensive team last year, thinking we could be better this year along with better offense. So that's where it kind of gives us an idea that we could be, be better than that. It's all about how you place and, and obviously the arch madness to be able to set yourself up in your matchups. And it's all about matchups. So, yeah. And then you talked about, like you said, if he, they think we can definitely win our MTE. And if we do, obviously that makes up for a lot of wins with, um, or with that tough loss, which USI barely, lost by, 12 to Notre Dame. So USI is going to have a solid year. It won't look as bad, but they won't be able to play for anything. So I don't know how good it'll look. So you got to take care of business and it won't be easy on Monday or Tuesday morning at midnight up until all that happens. So wanted to touch on that. Some good stuff there. We'll be following Rocco and his info the rest of the year. A nice win yesterday. Ugly win though. I don't know how you, and we said how, I don't know how you can deem it as a win as a win no matter what, because it was ugly and you're not playing well at the time that you need to going into a tournament like this. No final thoughts. Yeah, obviously. I mean, getting a win last night, bouncing back after a terrible loss on Sunday, um, be able to defense showing up and be able to be connected like we were and slow slow, slow a team down that's averaging 80 points a game. Um, that's going to obviously go on and win a lot of games, I think, in OVC. 